and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am David Bax. Tyler Smith is, of course, still on his very long uh, sabbatical to recover from his uh, uh, dreadful and rare medical uh, horrors that he's that he's been going through. You can find out what's going on, of course, at caringbridge.org slash visit slash Tyler and Jennifer Smith. Again, that's caringbridge.org slash visit slash Tyler and Jennifer Smith. Uh, and you can also donate to the GoFundMe. You, you, there's a post pinned to the top of the homepage at battleshippretension.com. Uh, so it's uh, just me in the host position, but we do have uh, a guest this week. We'll get to him in a second. First, I want to tell you about tweakedaudio.com. Tweakedaudio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. They look great. They sound great. Uh, I use them each and every day of my life. Tyler did up until uh, his hospital stay, and we'll probably go back to, to using them each and every day of his life uh, when, when he's better. Uh, today, I was using them... Uh, to listen kind of ad nauseum to the new uh, Lana Del Rey album, which is called Did You Know That There's a Tunnel Under Ocean Boulevard? Which I did know that there's a tunnel under Ocean Boulevard in Long Beach, California, because I'm a, a, a dedicated SoCaler, so, uh, SoCal res. Um, but uh, the I, uh, continuing my long uh, sort of... Uh, difficult relationship with Lana Del Rey's music. I find a lot of it very beautiful and moving. I find some of it kind of embarrassing, but also like in the way that some great, very personal works of art can be embarrassing. Um, so uh, I can't say that it's going to be like my favorite album of the year, but I can't stop listening to it at the same time. Uh, and I love the, I love the SoCal references and the, uh, uh, and, and like specific Hollywood streets and stuff like that. I'm a sucker for that stuff. Uh, it sounded great, especially on my tweakedaudio.com earbuds. If you, uh, if you, let's see, they're available at tweakedaudio.com for a low, low price. But if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So please go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, we're back, and I am ready to introduce our our guest, uh, I'm trying to think maybe the longest uh, gap between appearances from any guest, uh, but he's been mentioned many, many times. It's, of course, longtime friend of the show, longtime friend of Ian Tyler. It's, it's Frank Feel My Wrath McGrath. How are you, Frank? I'm great. Hi. Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm trying to remember when you were last on, because I feel like it was uh, like... Oh, 2008, probably 2008, after Darfur Now. Yeah, that was uh, uh, that was guys. a while ago. Yeah, I met you and Tyler at a studio in the Valley. Yeah, we used and... to. Okay, I, I don't I'm not sure when we recorded it. I found it had posted uh, in June of 2009, actually. Oh, okay. Um, oh, that's, but yeah, okay. we used to. Um, 
do our guess back when we were still new and we were still like felt weird about Younger. inviting like people like obviously we know you but like we were inviting like famous comedians and actors and stuff um and then and this we, guy we've but we felt weird about inviting them to like come to tyler's house you know because no one's ever heard of us so we did use the um the the same room that never not funny originally recorded in because right. we became uh friends with uh uh jimmy and matt and then uh it was actually the old on the page studios where pilar alessandra a uh, former guest of the show would uh teach screenwriting classes and do her screenwriting podcast she's since moved on i don't know what's in that space anymore i don't know if it's still next door to uh an audio uh parts store called sound decisions which i always liked but um yeah that was yeah that was where you i knew it was that uh, that last time you were on it was yes. it was that so it has been wow 14 years almost yeah yeah uh, well and what's what's funny about this um particular uh, invite and uh, episode. I'm in the city of Chicago right now, looking out at a hotel room in downtown Chicago, uh, the city of Chicago where we met for the first time. That's true. 18 we, years ago. 18 yeah, or 19 worked, years ago. We worked at a video. So we went to the same college, but we knew each other more because, well, first your roommate worked at the video yes. store. Um, his name was Patrick. I don't know if you yes. still talk to him, but. Um, uh, I, I texted uh, him last year, but go oh, on. Okay. <laughs> uh, but then, yeah, yeah. Then, then you worked and then we happened to move out to Los. So we knew each other. And then we happened to move out to Los Angeles yes. um, at about the same time within a couple of weeks of each other. And, and yep. Uh, uh, yep. we've seen each other on the regular ever since. Like, I mean, I we think just, even go ahead. We just vacationed together. Yeah. We were just, just last weekend. We were in beautiful San Luis Obispo, <laughs> uh, California. Um, yeah first warm day of spring we were hanging out in the pool it was fun uh-huh. uh yeah and um wait what was i gonna uh uh i was i was gonna say even during the like year plus of like no one going out i think you and your family were the people that uh, outside of uh, you know my wife's family who we saw every week but like mm-hmm. we saw you more often than anyone else because you had a big yeah. like you know, back patio and you would hang out, hang the uh, screen up and we'd watch, you know, Peggy Sue got married and yeah, April sure. Thursday. Uh, these are the things we watched in the middle of the yeah. pandemic, you know, ordering food and uh, sitting, sitting more than six feet apart. Uh, sure. They were, they were yeah. fond, fond memories uh, of the early days of the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, April yeah. Fool's Day was actually, I was surprised. I was shocked how much I enjoyed that movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very good. That's a very good movie. Tyler's also a big fan of April Fool's Day, so oh, I just really? like to okay. with him uh, with him being gone from the podcast for sure. such long stretches of time. Long stretches of time. I always like to mention whenever a movie comes up that Tyler loves. I always want to like voice uh, speak up for him. But here, so sure. yeah, you, we were talking then because you were an assistant editor on a documentary called Darfur Now, right? Correct. Yep. Yes. Yep. So now uh, he, here we are. You and I have been friends these 14 years. Your career has changed uh, drastically, although you're, you're still in the editorial field. Uh, yes. But you've worked... I'm, I'm, all, I'm all grown up it? now. Yeah. I'm all grown up. Um, but you've worked all, like almost exclusively, it seems like, in comedy television. Um, yes. And, almost uh, exclusively. Almost. Yeah. But so, so uh, some of your credits are Children's Hospital, the Amazon Tick, 
and yep. Tacoma. Uh, what is it called? Tacoma. Tacoma, <laughs> Tacoma FD. I got it. I got it mixed FD. up with Tacoma. Yeah. Sure. Tacoma FD. Um, Arrested Development. Arrested Development. In. Right. Yeah. For Netflix. Yeah. Um, yeah. How, so how did that? Before we get, because this is all stuff I know all this, but the listeners haven't sure. heard you for fourteen years. Uh, yeah. <laughs> how did you fall into into comedy? Um, I worked in documentaries for about my first five years out here and one, but they were all like studio backed documentaries, which was interesting, which made them slightly better jobs. Um, Mm. I did a documentary for HBO. I was an assistant editor on a documentary for HBO called, I knew it was you. It was about, um, John Cazale, a great actor from the 1970s. And, um, that editor I assisted Essentially, his next gig was doing, we did a comedy, or I'm sorry, pilot presentation for Comedy Central, uh, a show, Midwest Teen Sex Show. It didn't get past the pilot presentation phase, which is okay. uh, even less than a pilot. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not, um, but uh, those producers then right after that went on to do Children's. They had already done the web show Children's Hospital, which I was mm-hmm. not a part of the web version. But then they got a deal with Adult Swim, and I got a call saying, essentially, the last people I had worked with and the last assistant editor, this editor and producers had worked with with me. And they're like, oh, we're doing this. And they liked me. Uh, we're doing this show for Adult Swim called Children's Hospital. And for me, it was a way out of the uh, documentary world. Mm-hmm. This was scripted narrative, which is where I wanted to end up. Um, and then, you know, the way the industry works um, – you kind of, you know, I started working in, so I did a bunch of adult swim shows as an assistant editor, then as an editor, but, um, worked on NTSF, uh, newsreaders, children's hospital, and then kind of that solidified oh, um, me in the, yes. uh, newsreaders with, um, uh, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Now the friend of this show of this show, um, Mather Zickle, oh, well. Mather Zickle. Yes. How do I forget a name like Mather Zickle? But he, I uh, believe Mather yeah. only did the first season. I was only on okay. the first season. I think he only yeah. did the first season. I think so that's I think right. Alan and then he went on to show up in in he went uh, Mather went on to show up in episodes of Better Things and uh, very recently in one scene of Babylon. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have not seen Babylon yet. Um, but yeah, so I was just kind of like in the I mean, kind of had my uh, foothold in the comedy world and. You kind, you know, for better or worse, you get it was a pigeonholing of just you know. I work in comedy. Uh, I was an assistant editor for a while, and I, I did some editing on the Adult Swim stuff, but still took a little bit longer to kind of get a firm foothold as an editor. Um, but I did the Tick, which helped Tick and uh, Arrested Development, and um, yeah. Then I the last four or five years. Um, uh, had worked with the Broken Lizard guys or some some semblance of the Broken Lizard group. Uh, I worked on four seasons of Tacoma FD, which is a couple of the guys, and then edited their new movie, Quasi, uh, which is a f- Broken Lizard film, which is all the guys. Um, but yeah, you know, this, but assistant, it was an assistant editor for a while, just kept doing comedy and then worked my way up to editing when opportunities presented themselves. Um, and... Uh, I don't know, maybe five, six, seven years ago, kind of made it stick uh, yeah. as an editor. 
Uh, so yeah, that brings us to the reason that you're here. You mentioned um, your uh, yeah. The, so Tacoma FD is not officially a broken lizard venture. Mm-hmm. It's just got a mm-hmm. bunch of the guys. Yeah, it's got right. it's uh, Kevin Heffernan, Steve Lemmy are the showrunners, creators, stars, directors, writers. Paul Soder is also a producer and writer, and that's so okay. it's got those guys, and then. Um, Stolhansky, Eric Stolhansky, and Jay mm-hmm. Chandrasekhar uh, are not a part of Tacoma, but um, they, between seasons three and four of Tacoma, they did their next movie yeah. uh, for Searchlight, formerly Fox Searchlight, and this movie, Jay had traditionally directed uh, most of the Broken Lizard movies, um, but Kevin directed Quasi, and uh, Kevin asked me to edit it, and I said yeah. yes. So yeah, this is um I was I'm looking uh Kevin Heffernan did direct the Slam and Salmon of the Correct films. Correct. Um which I have not seen. Um but uh yeah, so um I have I had a question on the tip of my tongue and I forget what it is. But um uh yeah, so what's uh, uh so yeah, what I was gonna say is that Quasi is coming to Hulu on four twenty, which feels like Correct. kind of pigeonholing the broken lizard uh fan base a little bit by releasing it on 420 it's not i mean it's not like a stoner movie my understanding is it's not it's uh, like their comedy might appeal to stoners but this isn't like a movie about a stoner this is a movie about a medieval hunchback named quasimodo correct you know it's 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 the the marketing of a broken lizard film uh Super Troopers 2, which did very well for itself, um, was released on 420 by the same studio. So they were like, let's keep it going. Let's release their next movie on 420. Um, And I know I've seen, I'm aware of that, you know, they're they're aware of their fan base. Everyone knows their fan base. And uh, 420 might have some significance for a portion of their fan base. So it seems, seems to work. The release date. Though, yes, uh, there is no um, uh, uh, marijuana consumed in the in the movie Quasi. Um, okay, good. So, like, to any parents out there, it's okay. Sure. If you're not okay with your kid seeing <laughs> you smoked for some reason in the year 2023, right. uh, Quasi should be, should be safe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess I like there are a lot of questions that I want to ask you, uh, but I also don't like I want to he- be here to because I'm excited for Quasi based on what you've told me mm-hmm. um, and based on the trailer that's that's been released and just my generally like liking the Broken Lizard uh, mm-hmm. guys. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I remember I asked uh, my friend Sean, who's been on this podcast and I used to do previously on with him, and he's a big comedy guy, too. I remember asking him when I heard you were working this, I was like, what do you think of broken lizard? he was like, he was like, I like as much of their stuff as I don't, but I'm always rooting. for them. <laughs> I, think I, I, kind of, I kind of feel the same way. They seem like, uh, fun, funny guys. Um, uh, yeah, they're great guys. Um, they are, it's been, um, quasi was a, a pleasure to work on. Uh, Tacoma is a pleasure to work on as well. Um, they're good guys. Um, and they have it's it's interesting they don't they have a, a very rabid fan base without a doubt 
There is this sort of, they at times feel like the redheaded stepchildren of Hollywood comedy because they're not like in the Judd Apatow world or league. But I think they were telling me recently when Super Troopers plays on television and it does somewhat frequently, it's like it still ends up being one of the highest rated things that day or that week Um, because people just love they love Super Troopers. Super Troopers 2 did very well. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting because, yeah, they don't have that sort of, they don't seem to have that sort of cultural impact that someone like Apatow had, but they have a very big fan base. And maybe they don't, um, I don't know. But the other, you know, I, I always hear these stories from them too about like, all the, they do have fans within the comedy world. There's a lot of people that they pull favors from. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it is interesting though. Like yeah. they aren't, they're not gracing the covers of magazines necessarily. Um, yeah. But yeah. well, here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to first, I'm going to say that this opinion is the opinion of David Bax and not the opinion of Frank McGrath. <laughs> I think that them not achieving that Apatow level has kept them funny in a way that Apatow maybe isn't anymore. Sure. It, you know, I, I, I think by, by being outsiders, um, they're allowed right. to keep that sort of, you know, I think being, being comfortable and applauded is not conducive to being funny. I think, I think there has right. to be a little bit of the outsider, like scrappiness to stay funny. And I think that's maybe why, uh, th- that's why I'm still like, I can't wait for quasi, you know? Sure. I also think it's helped keep them um, decent human beings as well. Oh, um, that's good. I do. Yeah. I, I I really, Kevin, I mean, I've worked a lot with, Ke- I've worked a lot with Kevin Heffernan and Steve Levy uh, over the last four to five years because of this TV show and Kevin directed the movie and he was, because he was the, like, you know, Broken Lizard was involved, you know, involved with every aspect of the movie. It's a Broken Lizard film, but Kevin's the director. So I spent most of my time with Kevin um, and I think quite highly of him. And uh, I think he's actually a very, a very good director, uh, which made my job easier and more pleasurable. And um, he's just, you know, I've worked with some people that aren't, (laughs) I've seen the spectrum of Hollywood. (laughs) Um, Some people that aren't the greatest people to be around despite the quality of their work. Um, Yes, and, I've definitely uh, heard stories from you that I have not and sure. will not repeat. Yes, on the no, podcast. we will not. We will not share those podcasts. <laughs> we will not share those on the podcast as I yeah. need to continue to pay a mortgage. Uh, yeah, but moving on. <laughs> uh, well, so Quasi was shot like when, like twenty twenty one. Like Quasi was shot in fall of twenty twenty one, November, okay. November into December. We wrapped season three of Tacoma FD in October. And so I, I wrapped out end of September. I think they finished with the final editor early October. I had like a month off and then they shot quasi in LA. I think some people wanted to try to shoot it in Europe. Um, another thing I enjoy about the broken lizard guys, um, or at least Kevin and Steve, they were like, yeah, it'd be cool. We could go to Europe. We could get a real castle, but our kids are in school and we just want to stay in LA and be, we want to see our families. That's another 
thing that uh, I really enjoy about them is they enjoy their yeah. families and they want to spend time with their families. They want to do a, they they want to work hard and they want to they put all they can into their work, but then yeah. they also know like oh, okay we'll stop now and we'll go see our families. Uh, but so yeah, yeah. But there's so something shot- like the, 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 there's something like very old school Hollywood charming about the idea of let's create a sure, medieval French village and probably yeah, fucking yeah, yeah, Santa Clarita yeah. or something. I'm guessing. Yes. It was exactly Santa Clarita. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I, you know, yes. I think there were times there was some lamenting on, yeah, we could have had a real castle, but um, yeah, no, we, I, I think, I think our production designers, I, I think, it, I think they did a pretty good job. Um, recreating medieval France and a torture chamber. Um, But uh, yeah, we shot, so we shot in Santa Clarita uh, November and right up until Christmas. Um, And then we started the director's cut in January and worked fully on quasi from January until about May and then we had to do the next season of Tacoma, and then we worked on Tacoma and Quasi simultaneously wow. uh, for the rest of the year. Which, so, do you? Ooh, yes. As a as an editor, do you ever have occasion to visit the set of anything you're working on? <laughs> Excuse me. Um, yes. As long as I'm in the same city, uh, absolutely, anytime I want. Um, and the thing about Kevin and Steve and Tacoma and Quasi. Well, so on Tacoma for the first two seasons pre-pandemic, they had us on the set, the editorial rooms on the set, which is not okay. totally common. So not necessarily not necessary, but it was actually kind of fun. Um, but for Quasi, it was there was no way that we were going. Well, when, this is you know well into the pandemic at this point. Yeah. We were no longer we don't work in person editorially really anymore. Uh, which works for them and us. Um, but the thing about Quasi was it was as also at a point post-vaccination and everyone was getting a little bit more comfortable and they were just in Santa Clarita. And I had it like the first season and a half of Tacoma, I spent a lot of time with them in person. And then half of season two and all of season three was remote. And I hadn't seen them in person in like a year and a half. So Oh wow! The, the the short of it is, it, I was just like, yeah. Oh, and they actually they shot a few days in Pasadena, and uh, we lived in at the time we lived in North Pasadena. We now live in Altadena, which is uh, essentially the same thing. Um, but so there was I. The short of it is, I went to the Santa Clarita set once or twice, and I went to the Pasadena sets when I think twice when they were here when they were okay. in Pasadena shooting. Um, which is fun. I mean, yeah, I mean, Kevin is very welcoming. Uh, yeah, those guys are just like, yeah, sure. Come by, hang out. Like it got to the point where it's just like, yeah, I should go now. Cause you know, I actually have work to do in the edit room. <laughs> yeah. like, they're just like, you can hang out here all day, do whatever you want, go to craft service. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I went to, I saw the torture chamber. I was on set for a couple scenes for the torture chamber, which figures prominently in the movie. Mm-hmm. And then we had a set in Pasadena that was supposed to be the Vatican. Though I think officially now it's not the Vatican in the movie. It's just a place where the Pope is giving a sermon. Um, 
And then there was a no. Okay. Oh, and then there was a church. You have to like say then, it's not the Vatican. Uh, we said uh, we we I as scripted it was the Vatican. We ID'd it. We had a I we had a version of the film where we put location and time. We put like a time ID, like medieval yeah. France, and we might have actually given it a year. And then we said we put location IDs for like torture chamber, king's chambers, um, the Vatican. And then there was a point where it was just like. Eh, we don't need to ID this stuff. Yeah. And then I kept referring to the scene, that particular scene, scene five, as uh, the Pope at the Vatican and comes like, eh, whatever, the Pope, he's out somewhere in the world. It doesn't have to be the Vatican. It doesn't matter. <laughs> there, was, there was also then, a, there was a, we had some second unit material shot in Europe. Though we shot the movie in LA, we did go to Europe and we sent a team to Europe to do some second unit work with a drone to get castles and landscapes. And then there was like, Oh, should we go to the Vatican? Should we get stock footage of the Vatican? <laughs> I was like, it doesn't have to be the Vatican. It's just the place where the Pope is, <laughs> which made which, for the ease of it just, it made it easy. It's not even like a major, it's like, it's just, it's the scene that introduces the Pope, but it's not like, it doesn't really matter. That's another yeah. thing I kind of like about Kevin. He very, he get like, we could spend a whole day about does this take place in the Vatican or not? And it's like, it doesn't matter. It's like, Oh yeah, it really doesn't matter. Does it? Okay. You're right. Moving on. Let's put our effort somewhere else. Um, but yeah, so, um, I, to answer your initial question, I went to set a few times, uh, and it was fun. Okay. Is it, <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad it was fun. Uh, it sounds fun, <laughs> but, uh, is it not, these, this is, so I done it. I did a quick count. This is the seventh broken lizard film. Okay. Uh, so yeah, hold on. I have them here. There's puddle puddle cruiser. Yep. Super troopers. Club yep. dread. Beer Correct. fest. Uh-huh. Slam and salmon. Yep. Uh, Super troopers two and this. There's also a broken lizard stand up special, but I wasn't really counting that. Yeah. Um, they also produced. A, they produced a couple films too. Uh, uh, for a movie called Freeloaders. It looks like. Yep. Yeah. Um, that was. They talk. They talk about that from time to time. And then I guess. The Dukes of Hazard movie, which Jay Jindrasekhar directed, had, yeah, they, 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 have, all, they all appear in it, but it's obviously not a Broken Lizard movie. No, uh, but and I don't know if I'm speaking out of turn here. It's almost an unofficial Broken Lizard film because they, the guys, as I understand it, Jay got hired to do that movie. Um, and part of the negotiation of hiring Jay to direct the movie was having Broken Lizard do a pretty massive rewrite on it oh wow um and i believe uh hmm, interesting i don't know how <laughs> i don't know what i'm supposed to say and not say the broken lizard it's yeah. like i it's, it's considered an unofficial they were the broken lizard collectively was a bit more involved than just like doing guest cameos in it so it's kind of considered an unofficial broken lizard movie i believe i'll leave it at that Okay, so that well, okay, this actually has my question because that le- that means that an- another one that Jay Chandrasekhar directed is it because w- he's in Quasi? I've seen the trailer. Um, is there is he able? Do you know to just be like, no, Kevin Heffernan is directing this one, like, and and stand back, or um, is the, or are are yeah. they more collaborative? Anyway? <laughs> the all of them. Um, that is. I think that's just a group dynamics of, I think Kevin was just like, Hey, I want to direct one. I mean, he directed Slam and Salmon. I think it was like, yeah. In, in terms of like the sort of like 
where they were at in their succession of films. It was, um, Kevin was like, I want to direct this one. And they worked it out to be Kevin directed this one. And, uh, uh I, I believe the next one, I, I think they're work. I think they're actively working on super troopers three. And I think that will be back to Jay as director. But uh, yeah, I think it's just sort of like, yeah, the group dynamics of Kevin. Uh, I don't think the other guys, ex- you know, from what I understood, expressed interest in directing a Broken Lizard film. I think it was just kind of like, it was like, yeah, I'd like to do this one, this particular script. And uh, that's the way it worked out. Uh, so how many, uh, how many takes are, are Broken Lizard guys doing? Um. They, I'm actually, I, the interesting thing about editing a Broken Lizard film for me, and I I went to, um, I was in college going to film school when Super Troopers came out, and I was a huge, 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 huge Super Troopers fan. Yeah. Um, And they are, I I, want to say this in a way that doesn't, like, this is not intended to be derogatory because I, I, I love and respect them. I was surprised, <laughs> but it's, it's going to sound like a shitty thing. I was surprised how good they were. Like they're good. They are, they do not need a lot of takes. So um, mean they're like professional is what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're yeah. pros. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. they nail it. Um, they rehearse. They did two weeks of rehearsals for quasi. Um, it's also different. It's a bit of a different experience than the TV show too, because that's the difference between TV and film. Um, TV tends to be, unless you're talking about like game of Thrones, you know, we got to hurry up and do it. We just got to do it. Mm-hmm. We got to hurry up and do it. We got We got X number of episodes. We got to get through. Um, so quasi for, and I, that sometimes weighs me down as an editor of television. Uh, and I found it a relief, like, you know, on a typical shooting day of Tacoma, they have to get through like seven to eight pages of content, scripted content. And they got to fly through it sometimes. Um, on Quasi, they can shoot three to four pages a day. And it just allows, hmm. it also allows Kevin, the director, to really like plot out. There was a, t- like, so there wasn't, there was a ton of footage because Kevin shot every single angle and insert everything he could think of shooting, which is actually great. It's fantastic. Yeah, I would imagine. But, yeah. but it, it wasn't because they had to do like, Oh, here we go. Take 10. It's like, no, they get it in like three or four takes. They know their lines. They're good at what they, that they do. Um, and they also, they think these guys have been together since they were in college. They, they, right. They've been working together for 30 years. Um, they work very well together and you can feel that in the, you know, just in the interplay in the scenes. So is there, uh, is, is Heffern in a storyboard or anything or what are, are you going in completely like, uh, raw when you're starting to cut scenes together? Uh, no, he's not storyboarding and we don't, you know, it's not necessarily the, so there's one, the, the end of the movie is pretty complicated in terms of how, the shoot. But he hasn't. He shot. He has, he's. He does a lot of shot lists. Um, but he knows Kevin, and Kevin is essentially an editor himself. He knows exactly. 
he knows exactly how it's going to put piece together in the initial attempt. Like I will get yeah. the footage. I'll go through it. I'll put together my editor's cut. I'll present that to Kevin. And then Kevin's like, yeah, this is great. And then he, he, he will watch every frame of the dailies and he will have copious pages of notes and diagrams of blocking. And then we will like meticulously go through how he has it in his diagrams and his notes. But that doesn't mean that's, that still isn't how it necessarily ends up in the final product. Um, Cause if we, we do the Kevin pass and if something doesn't work, he's like, oh, okay, all that is work. And then we'll figure it out together. Or there'll be times where something I did, he'll be like, oh yeah, that's pretty good. We'll still go do the Kevin version, but we still might end up back at the editor version or we'll end up at some sort of amalgamation of the editor Kevin version. Um, so basically he is a, he is a very meticulous, but not like, in, in, in a way that I find kind of impressive and mm-hmm. useful, he is very meticulous and he is very, he knows, he knows exactly how it's going to piece together while he's shooting it. But I do find once you get in the room with him, there is a bit of a give and take. I mean, there's also plenty of times where I put something together, then Kevin comes in and he's like, yeah, hey, that's great. I was thinking this. And then we go through and I'm like, oh yeah, that makes a lot. Yeah, no, I get it now. And, and I, I like, I do think, oh, because I've worked with him on the TV show, we got, especially with Quasi coming in between seasons three and four of the show, mm. it was getting to a point too, where I could kind of anticipate, excuse me, yeah, kind of anticipate like more of how Kevin would put together a scene than in like the first season of Tacoma when I just met him and didn't quite know what he was thinking uh, uh, but they also, but they also yeah. do, you know, back to your performance question, they do a lot of, they do a lot of improv, but it's not, there's a lot of improv, but it's also like, they're good about it too. But it, it depends. It depends on the scene. It depends on who's the focal point of the scene too. But like, there's some scenes where it's like, yeah, there's a little bit of improv, but we kind of, they kind of stuck to the script. And there are some scenes where it's just like, Oh, they went way like they just went off on the improv, mm. um, and then you kind of go through it with Kevin and figure out what improv is usable and what's not. Um, so you mentioned you used a phrase that I think I'm assuming you were using kind of like uh, uh, allegorically or whatever. You said when you're in the room with Kevin. I imagine sure. post COVID you're not actually in the room, but I know there are like programs where you can be yeah. essentially like watching the same thing as you're editing it. Um, How much, like, you talked about how, like, professional they are and how much Kevin Heffernan knows what he he wants. To what extent are you and the director, in this case, Kevin Heffernan, um, finding the comedy in in the editing? Or or, or is it all just, like, the comedy is what was written? Or are, are you finding... Edits cuts that are funnier than others. Sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think all the comedy. I mean, comedy. It's all achieved in the editing. I mean, it's it, it's the right. Yeah, you know, it's in the writing. It's in the performance. But it's not funny until it's cut together just the right way. Um, 
So it's kind of that mean, but like there was performances and that's, that's just as true of any, I think all comedy editing, not just if we're talking about quasi, but like there's certainly like takes of performances or a scene. They're like, Oh, this scene was so well written or like the jokes are on the page mm-hmm. and then the performance is funny, but it's, it's not, it's not really, you don't really shape it until it's cut together. And that's where you find the comedy. I think ultimately. Yeah. I mean, uh, to flatter you a little bit, uh, you talked about like <laughs> how you get pigeonholed, you know, you, you got on, on the pilot presentation and then children's from there. And like, you've stayed in, in, in comedy, you got pigeonholed, but you also wouldn't have stayed in comedy if you weren't funny, right? Like you have to be funny to get, yeah. or at least get what's funny. Sure. You have to have a yes. good sense I, of humor. I think. Yes, I would think so. Yes, I would agree. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's yeah, a, absolutely. yeah. So, um, yeah, we said we weren't going to go uh, too long because I'm intruding on your vacation and, and this happened kind of last <laughs> minute. So I want to start wrapping up. And I mean, we don't normally do like big, like advertising the show outside of tweaked audio, which are great. Um, but the movie is funny, right? I'm assuming. Yeah. 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 It's and it's on, yeah. it's on Hulu on, on 420 and, yes, and after yeah. that as well. It's not just there on 420. It starts. Uh, yeah. I, I believe it will <laughs> stay there. Yeah. So, um, and so people should, should see it. They should, uh, uh, check out your. Yeah. Yeah. Your credit. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Everyone, everyone go watch quasi at four twenty on Hulu. All right. Well, um, yeah, you can find battleship retention at battleship retention. You can email me at David at battleship com. Follow me on Twitter at Davey pretension. Check out my letterbox. It's, uh, I think it's just David Bax. Yeah. David Bax is, uh, my letterbox. I'm trying to, review more there and to, instead of just logging things um because twitter who knows what is going on with twitter these days uh also check out my other podcast that i do with my wife it's called the one where i met your mother we're about to finish season four of both friends and how i met your mother on that on that show um uh which is which is quite a milestone we've been doing this for a couple of years now uh so yeah check all that out frank do you want people to find you on the internet no okay <laughs> no all i right, do not <laughs> okay okay so they should just watch quasi on hulu yeah yeah that sounds good all right I well no one to yeah. find me on the internet ever <laughs> well frank thank you for joining us uh joining me um yeah yeah no problem happy to do it listeners thank you for listening and we will get you next time all right bye <laughs>